Hi, everybody. I'm Jordan Ostroff with Legalese Marketing. And today I have a incredibly cool guest, Jay Ruain, coming to us from the coolest background that uh, we have had that looks like a bar that I would totally hang out in, or I guess it's an office. But anyway, um, Jay's going to talk to us about social media marketing. If any of you listening or watching this don't know Jay, stop what you're doing right now, pause this and go get connected with Jay, because I don't think anybody else shares more free, helpful advice about lawyer marketing than Jay. Uh, Jay's also an Amazon bestselling author, Tiger Tactics, and anything else? Oh, yeah. I have like seven or eight books. Uh, Tiger Tactics. Tiger Tactics is the one about marketing and building a practice. Uh, But, you know, in my former life, uh, which I still tap every now and then, I was a pretty uh, decent criminal defense attorney. And we have some uh, trial notebooks and some citizen's guides and some guides for lawyers and that type of thing. So uh, I was pretty uh, prolific when it comes to writing back, I don't know, four, five, seven, eight, ten years ago and was churning out as many books as I could. So uh, awesome. you'll find me you'll find me on Amazon and a bunch of other things. But if anybody wants a copy of any of my books, you don't have to buy it. Uh, just drop me a DM and I'll, and I'll send you a copy of it. I got stacks and stacks. Uh, so happy to do it. Like I so so not only is Jay trying to give out free advice, he's trying to send you his book for free instead of making any money off of it. <clears throat> it's not about making money; it's about helping people. That's what it really comes down to. You know, that's that's my mission in life is to help as many people as possible. You know, I love it. And so, of Jay's books, I've only read Tiger Tactics. If you have not, you got to read it. And I love so it's it's Jay, it's Ryan McKean, it's Billy Umansky, it's Billy Terrasio, and Teresa Gray. Okay. And I love that, like you guys, there's a lot of things where everybody's on the same page. There's a lot of things we all are somewhat different about. And I love getting sort of that mindset behind those differences to really help each firm figure out what are the right tiger tactics for them. Yeah, you know, one of the cool things about tiger tactics, and, and, and it really sort of sprung up um, on a, a Friday night text exchange with uh, Ryan McKean, Billy Tarasio, and I, um, was just that we all sort of approached it and we had. Um, similar instances in that we all were challenged, but we were all challenged in different ways. Uh, and if anybody knows Bill Umansky, you know, uh, he lives his life out in the open. And it was really cathartic to sort of go through that process and explain, hey, you look, you know what? I once got an IRS bill for $100,000 and didn't have the money to pay it um, because I didn't set my systems up the right way. Uh, and, and to just acknowledge that publicly, um, was uh, w- was important, I think, because so many people, especially in the legal field, have this um, a- opinion that they only put out the stuff that makes them look perfect. Uh, and none of us are perfect. And we've all had challenges. And by being honest and open and describing those challenges and telling people how you work through them, other people don't have to go through those. And you can save so many hours of anguish and and days of mental torture uh, just by saying, hey, look, I'm not perfect. I, I don't do everything well. I mean, I, I, I posted in a forum today. Today, I closed uh, one of my regional offices. Uh, and while it's a good move, it's a tactical move for my firm. Uh, and it's going to open up an opportunity for me to buy a building and do a bunch of other things. As I drove away from the building, I, I felt a little sad. I felt like I was a little defeated. Um, and I shared it with the other members of my team. I shared it with some colleagues. And I said, you know what? I'm sad right now. And I don't know why I am, but I'm being honest. And that's the best I can do for everybody is, is just be honest. Well, and so today we're going to talk with Jay about social media. And I feel like a lot of this is going to be the same advice with social media. Absolutely. So. I- yeah. I mean, when it really comes down to social media, a lot of lawyers do it wrong. Um, and, and, and one of the things that they want to do is they want to only put out the things that uh, make them look great, 
they don't necessarily want to engage with people on the subjects that people want to engage with, uh, and they sort of live this fake life, uh, and, and that doesn't resonate with people. People can, you know, smell, you know, I don't know if I can say it, but I'm going to say it. They yeah, can smell the bullshit. It. They can smell the bullshit, right? Uh, and and so what you want to do is you want to be your authentic self, uh, and you know, if you are uh, a dog person and you hate cats like myself feel free to put that out there yeah you might lose a potential client that loves cats and hates dogs but the people who like you will really like you because they can connect with you um and too many lawyers no matter what field they're in just want to tout their their verdicts and their victories um and that is the wrong thing to do on social media uh and i can tell you why uh if if you want to know um but uh you know it's 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 just it's just not what the platform was designed for all right we're gonna dive right into that but before okay. i do that i want to talk about our last episode <clears throat> excuse me that was four easy ways to build a healthier firm with stephanie everett of lawyerist or the and the lawyerist lab so that episode aired on monday we're gonna have the links here available so once you're done listening to all the great wisdom from jay today on social media if you want to learn more and watch our last episode, you've got that one. So with that, I mean, we're talking about everything to know from A to Z about social media marketing. So let's go right back into that. So sharing verdicts, not the right thing to do. Why? Well, I mean, let's take the, the general personal injury lawyer for, for an example, because I know there's a lot of lawyers out there that do PI work and they love to talk about, well, you know, I got a $50,000 settlement or a million dollar verdict or I've, I've settled, you know, $25 million worth of cases in the, in the first quarter of the year. Um, and that's great. But would you be in, would you want to stand around with somebody who only talked about themselves uh, at a party? Probably not because you that say, every lawyer party. Well, and, and that's part of the problem because that's what lawyers do. I think by our profession, lawyers are incredibly insecure people. And so there's this level of bluster that comes with it um, because, you know, it's sort of like the fake until you make it. And uh, by our nature, we get trained and we get beaten down in law school that there's always an angle. There's always something else. And so lawyers have this tendency to want to, I, I guess, just always show that 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 always be selling type of thing because they're afraid if they don't get this client, they'll never get another client. And so that PI lawyer might say, Hey, you know, I settled a hundred thousand dollar verdict and that's great for the lawyer's ego, but it doesn't really do much for the client. I mean, the guy uh, whose daughter is sitting in the hospital in the, in the chair next to them and sees that says, okay, that lawyer got a hundred thousand dollars. That means the lawyer drives a Mercedes. He's going to be, he's going to take a lot of the money. Um, but what you can do on social media is you can tell the story of the client who got that $100,000 settlement and was able to help his daughter move into her first apartment by hiring movers because he can't pick up boxes anymore. Or maybe he's wheelchair bound and needed to buy a special van to be able to go see his kids play soccer because otherwise he wouldn't be able to do it. Um, that's the story that resonates with people, not the I got you $100,000 because Quite frankly, money is amorphous. It's nebulous. Um, you know, it, it's hard to wrap your head around the difference between $100,000 and $250,000 because it just sounds like a lot of money, right? Um, for us, my criminal practice that we like to do, we talk about how we keep families together by avoiding jail sentences for our clients. Um, and that's really important because when people get arrested, criminal defense clients and their loved ones, their family members, they're concerned about that. So I can say I got a ton of not guilty verdicts. I've gotten them, but that doesn't resonate with a client 
what resonates with the client and the potential clients is, oh, this guy works at keeping my family together and making it better. I want to get you healthy. I want to get you the treatment that you need so I can demonstrate to the court a, 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 a track record of success so that you're not going to be back here again. And that's the kind of messages you should be putting out in social media because that's what's going to connect with people and that's what's going to get you better results. See, which is so interesting because along those lines, uh, my wife posted the last trial that she lost, which was like the first trial that she lost in like five years. And that got a million times more engagement from every other lawyer. Like, hey, you know, keep your head up. Great job. There's some you're going to lose. I'm sure it wasn't you, whatever. And then like the conversation of people sharing the losses. And so it was interesting to see how the how obviously being totally different than posting the wins, but also posting the loss was a lot more. I, it connected with people a lot better. Oh, absolutely. I, you know, I, I had a, a tendency as part of my offline networking. And, and what I do is as I see victories that happen on our state listservs, I'll send a bottle of wine, you know, I call it wine for victory. And I'll send a note card out to lawyers that have, have had successes. And about three years ago, actually probably like five years ago now, a, a friend of mine, a lawyer I know, a lawyer who was the second generation lawyer. I knew his father. His father's a phenomenal lawyer. He took a verdict hard. Uh, he worked the case up for a bunch of months. Uh, and, you know, we thought it could go either way, the people who were casually observing. And, and he lost. So I sent him a bottle of wine with a note card saying, you've done all of us proud. You stood up. You fought your case. You did a great job. I know your dad is looking down on you. He's proud of you. And, you know, you did the essence of a trial lawyer. You stood in front of a jury. You argued your case. I got to tell you, it's been years. Every time I cross paths with that guy, I see him. He shakes my hand. How you doing? So good to see you. We've made a connection there. Um, and, and, and that's what people are looking for, especially after the last year when you're really sort of broken away from everybody else, people are craving that connection and you can enhance it with social media, but you could also destroy it. Makes sense. So is it, sorry, is it wine for the win or is it vino for victory? Uh, vino for victory. That's, that's, that's what it is. Yeah. There, there we you go. go. And awesome. I actually have the wine. It's called Il Bastardo. And I always say, <laughs> and I, you know, the, and the, the note is, I'm sure your opponent is calling you this. So I figured you could have a, a, a glass of wine and, and celebrate your victory. That's awesome. All right. So um, I know I, I think it's easier to talk about social media mistakes because I think we see the bad a lot more frequently. So obviously the not just sharing wins and you were also talking about being authentic. So I want to touch on that a little bit more. Absolutely. I mean, the reality is, is that social media is like being at a big barbecue or a picnic or a social gathering. Uh, and, and since you start with your network and grow from there, if you are inauthentic, the people who know you are going to say, oh, this is just, this is just posturing. Uh, and that it doesn't encourage them to share it or like it uh, or comment on it if they know you're not being authentic in, in whatever you post. Uh, and, and that's really the, the, the key to any of the algorithms that Instagram or Facebook or TikTok or any of those things use. They reward people who get the likes and the comments and the shares. So if your posts have more of those, they get distributed more. Uh, and if you're inauthentic, people are just going to just scroll on by and that does nothing for you. And that's one of the biggest challenges is finding ways to continually be out there and be authentic. And so many lawyers I know, they come to me and they say, well, what, what should I do with social media? And I'm like, don't just talk about law. 
because I mean, Jordan, you're a lawyer. I'm a lawyer. I don't want to talk about lawyer nerd crap 100% of the time. I mean, I don't even want to talk about lawyer nerd crap 10% of the time, but some of these lawyers, that's all they post about. And the rest of the world doesn't care about lawyer nerd crap. Yeah, I will tell you the uh, my child and I telling bad dad jokes to each other gets a thousand times more traction than the most well thought out, well researched blog article on some relevant legal topic. Absolutely, absolutely, and and really, when people are posting it, you have to think about the end user, the consumer, and how are they going to approach the things in their feed. Most of the time, they're grabbing their phone in the bathroom when they're killing time. Uh, you know, sitting in their car at a, at a traffic light or waiting for someone to come outside, uh, that type of thing. Um, they're looking to escape. And you can do things on social media to, to pull them into your world, but you have to give them the kind of stuff that they want to engage with. And so you have to you have to think of everything in the framework of who are my end users and how can I get them to want to engage with me? Uh, for example, it's impossible as a criminal defense lawyer, as a DUI defense attorney, for me to put out a thing on social media that talks all about how I'm going to beat your DUI case. Because nobody is going to think that they're going to ever get a DUI case and is going to click on that. They just aren't. The people who get DUI cases don't think about drinking and driving because they think they're bulletproof or it would never happen to them. So me saying, here's the 10 things to do when you get pulled over. Or it over, wouldn't happen to them for a third or fourth time. Right. Exactly. I'm not, uh, you know, I, I, I don't have a problem. I'm just really unlucky. Uh, I mean, I've heard that, you know, dozens of times. But the reality is, is they're never going to engage with top 10 things to do when you get pulled over for a DUI because they don't think they're ever going to. So they live in this in this void, this world like that. But you know who is concerned about them? Their loved ones, their mom, their spouse, their brother. So if you do something along the lines of what to do if you think your spouse is having a drinking problem or how to prepare yourself for that midnight call from your child. You know, you could do it along the lines of domestic violence. You don't necessarily think that you're not going to put something out there. If you get arrested for beating your wife, you need to know these things. But you know who does think that their son could be arrested? The, the mom who doesn't like the daughter-in-law, who thinks she's a heartbeat, right? Um, and if you're a father and you have a daughter in a relationship and you're worried about your daughter being a victim, you would click through on an article about victim resources when you can't get your child out of that relationship. So you have to think about the end users and the people who love them, and that's what you should be putting out on social media. Yeah, I think that's such a strong point because, you know, I talked to all these clients that want to get more leads from social media, but a lot of times it's really getting... <clears throat> in essence, more referral sources. It's getting those family members to know about you. So when they have to pull the trigger, you know, they're there or you're there. Exactly. And, and that's one of the biggest problems we have for as lawyers uh, is that, you know, everyone is, we're being sold leads. And, and that seems to be something that everybody wants. Just give me more leads. Just give me more leads. And really, for the most part, we don't sell widgets, right? We, we have a legal service that we sell, but we, for except for some of the larger firms, you know, the Morgan and Morgans, the uh, Levin Papantonios who are national, that type of thing. You know, for the most part, most lawyers that are in the circle that are watching this show are, are hometown lawyers. Even if it's in a big city, they have a, a smaller circle of influence that they get known in. And really what you want to do is you want to utilize 
social media to amplify your presence and get more people referring to you by being top of mind for that particular niche. Uh, and you can do that really exceptionally well with some of the demographic and interest-based targeting that you can do on social media that, that you can't really do anywhere else. Um, but you have to go into it with the right idea. Social media is not going to necessarily turn into, I turn it on on Monday and by Friday I have 10 leads. No, but what you can do is you turn it on on Monday and you turn it on appropriately, conservatively, but consistently. And three years from now, you can't keep up with the leads because everybody thinks of you and you and it just becomes this ball rolling down the hill, picking up speed. Right. It's a lot more like all those people you haven't talked to since law school five or 10 years ago that still send you business. That's the cases that social media got you. Exactly. Exactly. So what are some other tips, guidance, things to avoid when it comes to you know making sure people put forward the best social media presence they can? Well, obviously, you know, one of the things that you you have to you, the biggest tip I can take from you from here is be consistent. Uh, you know, there's nothing worse than somebody who gets shiny object syndrome and they'll have a flurry of social media posts, you know, the first two weeks of April. And then you won't hear from them again until August and there'll be three or four posts. And then you won't hear from them again until November. And it just, unfortunately, if you are not actively engaged on the platform, the platform is not going to actively engage with your content. And so what you need to do is post steadily, post regularly, and put yourself in a situation that as you grow over time, you're going to be in a much better situation to touch more people. And, you know, that old commercial, and they tell two people, and they tell two people, and they tell two people, you're going to be able to really grow your practice over time because your your, your network is growing. Yeah, and and the engagement in both directions. I mean, engaging, you know, on people that comment on your page, engaging on other people that are in similar circles or thought leaders, influencers, whatever you want to call them, you're going to get such a better experience on, you know, impressions wise, but also just the general experience of who you're connecting with on social media, the more that you are telling the algorithm what you like by engaging with other things. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I mean, these algorithms, uh, for better or for worse, you know, they, they really sort of, uh, are set up to serve you up the stuff that you seem to like. So, uh, you know, as you get down the rabbit holes of certain areas, you're going to see more and more of those things. So as you put out stuff that people like, they are going to see it and get more of you. Isn't that what we want, right? We want to get them seeing more of you. So give them more stuff to engage with. Uh, and, and it just sort of builds upon itself. Well, or they're showing you what you hate, but still comment on. So the- Well, that's true. Exactly. It's like that old Howard Stern. You know, the people who love them listen for, for an hour. The people who hate them listen for two hours. Uh, you know, that's, it's, it's the same thing. Yeah, I mean, that's the part that always cracks me up about, you know, like people getting trolls. And like, I understand if it if it really hits you, if it's inappropriate, if it's sexual in nature, whatever. But if it's just somebody trolling you, like you're going to get that many more views because you're creating this hate or what, you know, whatever it is. Yeah, create the controversy and own the controversy. And and if you're going to go controversial, you know, you can make it innocuous controversy. You know, the best type of cereal is Raisin Bran, change my mind, or raisins don't belong in cereal, change my mind, those types of things. They get a ton of controversy, and, and the reality is no answer is wrong. I mean, I love your uh, your search for the best pizza, so. Right. It's a yeah. great way to, to have, to make enemies. I mean, they're not, you know, they're not actually going to hate you because you prefer one pizza place, the other one, but it does right. make a lot exactly. of discussion. 
we did a series a couple of summers ago. I had some of my cousin's children up in the area, and we did a series where we were, went around the state and uh, tried all the donut shops, all the the top donut Sorry. shops and donut tour. And, uh, and, and that was phenomenal. Uh, and then we did a, a pizza series with the girls because they were in from out of town. They had never had pizza. And, it, and if you don't know Connecticut, we are the pizza capital of the world. Uh, and in our area, you have very, very violent opinions uh you know of of things it's so it's just so funny as an aside there was a pizzeria that i had growing up around the corner of a brick oven pizzeria that was great they the family moved back to italy um and they they left uh and i just found a pizzeria a couple of weeks ago we ordered a pizza because it got good reviews and i took a bite and i said this pizza tastes like my childhood and I, I asked, and it turns out the kids had moved back from Italy and opened up a pizzeria. And oh so it's God. the exact same recipe. And I'm ecstatic because, I mean, it's 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 the best as far as I'm concerned. My wife, she wants nothing to do with it. It's not for her. We'll order two pizzas from two different places on a Friday night because that's just how we roll here in Connecticut. Well, so in Orlando, pizza and bagels are the two things that I, I can't find necessarily to my enjoyment. So we'll we'll create no controversy there. But <laughs> – you know, it's interesting because I, I always I, I find that people try to be so vanilla, but like what you talk about with the pizza or the cats and dogs, like sure you'll piss off that one cat owner, but you're gonna make ten dog owners love you that much more. And so I, I don't know, it's just it's such this. How do people get over that hump? Um, it's tough. It, you know, it, 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 it's a it's a mindset thing, and and one of the things that you can do is um, like with FirmFlex. Um, we've got our Alexa app that you can get an idea every day. Um, we've got our do-it-yourself program where people we, will curate that stuff. There's plenty of other options out there, uh, not only our stuff. There's content calendars, that type of thing. But what the easiest thing to do is, is find something that's not law-related that you have an interest in. So if you love Matchbox cars, right, you can do a post every day about that and slowly build an audience around that. I think the top right. four things people Team should Hot Wheels. Doing. Here we go. Here's See, our here's the things. Hot Wheels versus Matchbox. Yeah. You know, that's that that is something that is, you know, makes a big deal. Um, but the, the four things that people like to talk about, they like to talk about pets, travel, food, and sports. If you just think of those four things and just rotate every fourth day, you're gonna get a lot more engagement. And what I say is pets, travel, food, sports, then your law thing. Then back to the top. And just rotate through that that'll get you in uh, um that'll get you in the best shape it's true as a uh, so as a dolphins fan i have a, a former client oh. who's yeah well i'm a, a jets fan well so <laughs> so we're in similar boats so we're but, miserable together but i had a, a a former client who's a big bills fan who was sending me the most ridiculously hilarious smack talking the last week of the season so but but at the end but like he was thinking of me enough so i know he'll you know he'll think about me for the next case or the next person who needs it and so that was our, we were bonding over uh, my team getting the shellacking of a, of a lifetime. Yeah. I mean, I only care if the Jets win two games a year, as long as both of them are against Miami. That's the, right. <laughs> but the problem is it hasn't gone my way a lot lately. Uh, nope. it's, uh, it's, it's terrible. So I mean, what, I may not have agreed to do this show if I knew you were a Dolphins fan. Uh. <laughs> It is. It is what it is. We'll we'll bond over that. There are a shockingly large number of Jets fans in the lawyer circle, though. 
Yeah, we're, it's. It, I think it's just this misery that um, we, you know, we 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 latch on to things that make us miserable, like being a lawyer, like being Jets fans. Um, it's it's certainly not easy uh, to to be either one of those uh, in today's market, but it can be a lot of fun, and there are some exciting times uh, in both of those instances. Absolutely. So, any what other what other things should people be doing, or like, or you talked about consistency, but how frequently should people be posting? I mean, you, at a minimum, you should be posting daily. That's a minimum. Uh, and it really only takes five minutes. I mean, I, I talk, tell people in some of my presentations, it's like toilet time marketing. Just when you're there, just bang it out and be done. Just post something up there, engage with the people who comment back, that type of thing. You got at a minimum, you got to be posting something daily. Now, if you can get to two or three times a day, that's phenomenal because, you know, the more you post, the more it gets distributed. The more people engage with it, and like I said, it's it's like a ball rolling down the hill, picking up steam. But Daily it's definitely on, not something you can. It's not something you can do once a week and think you're going to get anywhere. Daily on every platform. I believe so. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I no, mean, you got to use the platforms for their intended purposes. Uh, but yeah, daily on every platform. Or I should say, every platform you're you're using, or you're trying to actually right. grow an audience. Yeah, I think I think you posted the thing that like for the most part, it's what six to eight percent of your audience that's going to see a post. So right, you're, yeah, you're and organic, organic stuff is going down. So what you really want to do, and one of the things that we do at FirmFlex is we do this combo, right? So um, you want to have truly engaging content that's being sponsored, that's being paid placements, so you can get people who do not necessarily know you engaging with your brand, uh, and that gets them through the door. But then once they're in the door, you got to constantly serve them things to be able to engage with you. Uh, think positive thoughts about you. Think about it this way. You, you know, everyone's talking to you about this great new restaurant in town. You go to the restaurant and it's great. And you sit down at the table that got you through the door. Then you look over at the table next to you and there's a newspaper there from three years ago. And you're thinking to yourself, three years, that thing hasn't moved in three years. What's going on? That's what happens when you post something great, get people back to your Facebook page and they see you haven't posted something in six months. Well, they're going to say, well, this, 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 something's not right here because if they're active, something shouldn't be here every day. Uh, you know, that, that newspaper shouldn't be sitting on the table. So what you want to do is you want to have a consistent organic presence uh, so that when somebody does want to engage with your brand, they can go deep into that rabbit hole. Because the, trust me, that's what they're going to do. They're going to start, you know, you click on a new business, you're going to scroll the feed a while. And if it's 2021, 2021, the last five posts, and then it goes down to 2019, and then it goes to 2012, they set up the page, you're thinking, they're not really active. They're not really doing much here. And that gives them a negative impression of your business. What you want to do is and it, literally five minutes a day. You know, it's, it's, it's all you need to do to just be out there, put something up there. And some days you'll get 100 people commenting and engaging. Some days you'll get two. But those two people could be a potential client or know a potential client. And that's really all you want, right? You want to have your name out there. So when you talk about promoting or, or targeting ads on the engaging content, I mean, are you having people run ads on the, do you like cats or dogs better type stuff? We, what we do at FirmFlex is we come up with uh, like our one big idea per month that is a, a focused engagement post. Uh, because one of the great things about the social media platform, uh, like Facebook, like Instagram, is that you can then target people who've engaged with your stuff. 
And so we, what we do is we create ideas. Like right now, it's baseball season has started. So right now, our, our big idea for the month of April is, you know, we give you $15 and we've given you five starters, five relievers, five closers at different price points and build your uh, build your rotation, right? That's getting a lot of engagement on the people. Halloween came, we give you, you know, here's a $10, pick out the right candy bar. Um, one we like to start with is what's the correct way to draw a star? You know, do you start in the top left or the bottom right? That type of thing. That gets a ton of engagement. And so what you do is you prime the pump using the paid placements because that paid placement can expand your reach in your community and get more people knowing. And then what happens is somebody comments and then 300 people comment on that. Well, then those people's friends are going to see that and see that they've commented. So you're, you're sort of bringing people into your network by having one really good sponsored post every month. And you can do it inexpensively. You don't have to spend a ton of money. Uh, I mean, I have some sponsored things right now that are running at a dollar a day for our own practice, $2 a day, $5 a day. Um, and then we do things with uh, a like campaign. We do a, a retargeting reviews campaign. So we're doing all the different things so that it really amplifies your message. That's awesome. And I just, it's so not counterintuitive, but like, I would imagine so many lawyers like, what do you mean? I'm, I'm going to pay to have somebody make their baseball team, but it makes so much sense that you're getting, you know, more people into your ecosystem. Right. And, and that's the, and that's the biggest challenge from a marketing perspective as an agency, too many agencies out there. I know you guys don't do it, um, but there are people that we know who will go out there and just be like, oh yeah, I'll sell you exactly what you want. It's going to do nothing for you, but I'll take your money for six months and then you can fire me because it's brought you nothing because that's what you want. And I'm not going to teach you. I, I've had, I've had plenty of, I've had more conversations with lawyers saying, look, I don't feel comfortable taking your money to do that because it's not doing it properly. It's not going to get you results and you're going to be upset and fire me in that four to six month window. So if that's what you want, just let's not even start with this now. It's just not worth it because yeah. you're not going to, you're not going to be getting what you, what you're looking for can't be achieved. And or what you're looking for is just really to pump up your own ego. And I, that doesn't work. It doesn't get you results. Uh, there are other things that you can do to pump up your own ego. Go out and, you know, and, and, and get a Maserati or something, uh, you know, that if, if that's what you want. Uh, just just do that. Hire a bunch of people to walk behind you and clap. Uh, it's a better use of your money. You know, my wife and I have legitimately had the conversation. If you hired a full production team to follow you around, how many random opportunities would you have access to? Because somebody would think they're going to be on a TV show. But oh, I, I tell you, when I was younger and I had a little bit of money, I can remember going to Vegas and hiring security. Now, I'm not a small guy, but me and my crew of guys, we hired security. We got in everywhere because people were just like, oh, let them in. They've got security with them. They must, they must be, important. be important. Yeah. I'm like, I'm just a schmuck, you know, lawyer from Connecticut who had an extra $250 for a couple of guys and each one of them got hired for the night. Uh, and now we, you know, we're, oh, oh no, you don't have to wait on the taxi line. Security will take you right to the front. Well, they're nobody special, but you can hire a production team and people would, would crowd all about you for sure. That's so funny. No, it's, yeah, and well, and then I love what you were talking about before. And then you get the, the uh, attorneys who are like, well, but I'm paying less for what I'm getting now that's doing nothing for me, but I'm paying less for it. <laughs> right, like, right, exactly. Yeah, of course you're paying less because it's doing nothing. You're, I mean, at that point, just give me your money. I mean, 
I'll take your money if, if you want me to do nothing for you. But if you're going to want to do business with us, we want you to do it the right way. We want your commitment because it does take effort. Um, it's, you know, I need to know what your perspective is on things so that we can post in your voice. Uh, and, and a lot of lawyers simply just don't want to take the time to do that, which is fine because for the lawyers that do, it opens up a ton of opportunity. Yeah. And so along those lines, like where, how, or where, or how does that social media fit into like an overarching plan for them? You know, are you having them do blog posts that become some posts? Are you pushing people to a newsletter? Are you having them? And I, I don't know, like what, where, do, where do you have people go from that social media stuff? Well, it kind of depends on what you're doing with the social media. Obviously, uh, if, if anybody here was at Max LawCon two years ago, I did a whole presentation dressed up as Santa where I talked about the inverted Christmas tree and you start with giving away the stuff on the top and you want to get down to your the, to the star at the bottom, which is your ideal client. But really what you want to do is you want to push out blog posts that are going to get people to engage and then you retarget them and you show them reviews of who you are. And it's a, it's a, it's a process where you're educating them about who you are, how you can help them or help their loved ones uh, and put yourself in a situation where they already know that you're the right person for them. Uh, and so it takes effort. It does take ideal identifying the, the people who you want as clients. Uh, and it's not just, I want every client because that's uh, uh, unattainable. Um, even, you know, no matter who you are as a lawyer, you can look at your existing client base with a critical eye and say, these are the clients that I tend to get. Now, you could also say the of these clients that I tend to get, these are the ones that I want to work with. Find the things that identify those people and go after them on social media, because then I mean, social media is most like traditional lawyer marketing in the 40s and 50s and 60s. Lawyers would join country clubs uh, and go speak at rotary events and that type of thing. Of course, lawyers still do that now. Um, but social media has supplanted our engagement with people. Uh, for the most part, and and by utilizing the skill set of those old time relationship builds, um, social media sort of stacks on top of that, so that you can really sort of take that message to a next level. I can engage with two hundred people today on social media, uh, friends that I've made, uh, people that I've gotten to know through business. I couldn't engage with that many people even before COVID in a single day. So why not use the platform for its advantage, which is which is is just a, a huge, huge opportunity to talk to many people all at once and also individually. So and I totally forgot about that Santa presentation, which for those of you that were not there, Jay stayed in character so much that I had no idea who he was until the next day when you did another presentation as as Jay as instead of as Santa. <laughs> so it worked out. Uh, it was good. But I just is there. Are you, let me, let me try to phrase this question the right way. So are you pushing people to just engage more on that platform? Are you telling your clients to push people to engage with them on other platforms? Are you telling your clients to, you know, like, like what's that next step? Or is it really just trying to keep as many impressions of potential referral sources as possible in that social media orbit? So what it really comes down to is the comfort level of the individual attorney and where they want to be. Uh, so one of the things we'll start off with is a conversation. Uh, I'm going to say something that you may not expect. I personally 
don't have an Instagram account. I mean, we have a firm one. I personally am not on Instagram. I am barely on Twitter. We have tactical reasons why we use Twitter for our firm. Uh, and, and so that's a thing that's being managed by somebody else. Uh, but for me, I don't have the bandwidth or I made a conscious decision not to add to my uh, the, the pull on my bandwidth of having Instagram on my phone and having an Instagram account. I said, you know what, if I'm going to be on social, I've made my claim, I'm sticking with Facebook and I'll be there as long as I find value in it. Um, and I know I've, there are people that I've missed connections with who are only on Instagram uh, and not on Facebook, right? Um, but it comes down to the lawyer or the person who wants to engage and where they want to be. Uh, I got a friend, Bobby Sullivan, great lawyer in Long Island. He loves Instagram, doesn't really care for Facebook at all. Um, you know, so we barely connect on social media. We just text each other. Um, but our, our firm, Flex, we, we're helping him with his social media. And now he's being pulled in uh, by to be a, a talking head on local TV and that type of thing because his stuff is getting out there. Um, we just happen to be managing it for him. Um, but really, it comes down to where do you feel comfortable? Because if you don't feel comfortable, you're not going to want to do it. Uh, and so don't try to be on Twitter, on TikTok, on Snapchat, on Facebook, on Instagram. Don't try to do all of them unless you want to commit to that. Uh, what I say is pick the one that you like the most and go all in on that one. Yeah, that's such a strong point. To anybody who does want to be uncomfortable, just go on TikTok. Like that is, <laughs> you, you will break through every hesitation you've had if you stay on TikTok because it is such a you can go down the rabbit hole deep on all sorts yes, of things you certainly can you certainly can but you know and i know people who've done really well with TikTok. um there there, there are lawyers who are doing well there's there's um, other other types of businesses that are doing phenomenally on TikTok, and th that's part of the part of the problem is that you hear those outliers of oh this lawyer's doing really great on TikTok, or this really this lawyer's doing really great on linkedin and you're like i gotta get on that but the problem is is that anything can be successful if you put the time into it. And I'll give you some examples. Groupon. Groupon is nothing more than an email distribution list, right? America Online made its money in direct mail because they were sending out those CDs. And how did they? How did America Online get into direct mail? Well, they hired somebody with a direct mail experience and a passion for direct mail, and they said, we can do this with direct mail. Same with Groupon. Groupon brought in people that had a thing for email marketing, and that became their focus because they were comfortable with it and they liked doing it. What I'm saying is find the platform you're comfortable with and you like doing. Instead of trying to be everything to everybody, own your niche in one area and really cultivate that audience. It doesn't help if 100,000 people know who you are fleeting but don't ever engage with you. What would help is having 100 people who know you and love you and want to send you business. Uh, and so you can do it a lot with a smaller audience. Uh, you don't have to be everywhere and be ubiquitous. Now, obviously, as you grow, you can add on more platforms uh, because you'll find audiences are in different places. But, you know, start one, nail it, and then move on. You just summed up my entire purpose behind this show in that in that comment. I just, it, it is so true. There are a million different ways to grow a business and a million different ways to market. It's about finding the ones that make the most sense that you like, that make the most sense for your clients, that make the most sense for your time, for your budget, et cetera. 
So thank you. That was a, a more succinct way of explaining the purpose behind the show than I've had before. Excellent. Um, anything else you want to make sure we cover as we get towards the end here? No, I mean, really, it's, it's all about just you being your authentic self. Too many people try to put out this, this picture of, of perfection. Uh, and, and in all honesty, um, you know, lawyers in and of themselves are very unapproachable uh, to the general public. They know we're smart because we made it through law school, even though you hear from, every, you know, I could have gone to law school. Yeah, well, you didn't. Uh, and so lawyers are intimidating. Everyone knows that lawyers are smart and expensive. Um, and quite frankly, lawyers, we get paid for our opinions, which is really sort of fascinating. I mean, you get paid for a fight, uh, you know, depending on what kind of law that you do or, or you get paid for doing work. But a lot of what we get paid for is our advice and our opinions. And so we're quite, quite used to people asking us for our opinions, and yet we don't want to share them on a social, uh, social platform. But, you know, the person who pumps your gas and, or changes your oil or the person who runs the flower shop, not a lot of people ask them for their opinion every day. And so by asking for them and valuing that opinion, even if you're valuing that opinion in a humorous way, it, it validates them. And it makes them say, you know what, I'm, I, 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 feel, I can feel good about myself um, and not only feel good about myself, but this lawyer feels good about me. Um, well, I like that person now. And that's really what you want to do. You want to put yourself in a situation where you help people validate themselves uh, through social media and, and by posting stuff that they want to engage with and being out there, you know, that's going to give them that opportunity and you're going to benefit from that uh, in the long run for sure. Or we do a 16-minute disclaimer on how this is not actual legal advice, nor does this create an attorney-client privilege or whatever. Uh, the, the, the bar <laughs> associations and, and the lawyers who put that stuff out there, I mean, it's, it's, just, it's just the worst. It's just the worst. Does, does anybody really think that uh, – uh, does anybody who is not out of their mind – think that a, an attorney-client relationship is going to be created through a social media post? They don't, you know, uh, it's just, but the bar association is stuck in, in the 1920s or thirties. Uh, and that, you know, I'm hoping in the years to come, we get some progressive minds. Um, you know, I, I'm hoping, hoping. We'll see. It seems like every state's bar has their own little pain in the butt situation on it. So Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I, every month I have to upload all of my URLs to the state individually in the state of Connecticut. Wow. I, have to, I, have to, I have to let them know what URLs I, I got. I got like 500 URLs. Um, so it's like and, I, and it, they don't make it easy for me to bulk upload. So it's manually putting in each one, clicking submit and then go to the next one. I mean, I have a VA that does it, but right. it's still it's it's like. Why? You should let me tell you when they change. You're right. But they're used to, you know, these mega law firms that have one URL. There you go. It's done. They don't know that I've got amusement ride injury lawyer and elevator injury lawyer and all these other dot coms that are out there um, that are, you know, feeders into us. Um, and uh, they're just not used to lawyers progressing on the marketing end. Well, hey, if you want, you can move to Florida and have to send every single one of those uh, targeted posts to the bar for six to eight weeks of review. 
So I, it's a funny story. I actually had to, I did that in Connecticut because we have this system where you can submit for review. And if they give you their blessing, um, you can't get dinged for it, right? So I did that. I was putting up a billboard years ago, I'm like 10 years ago, maybe even longer now. I put up a billboard. So I said, you know what? I'm going to get the blessing before it. I got the blessing. I got the letter. I put up the billboard. I get a call three weeks later. We're revoking the blessing and you have to take the billboard down. Now oh it was God. a it was a, it was a short time, so the billboard was actually already down. But I was like, I I relied on to your to my detriment. You can't withdraw it once you give it. They're like, well, we didn't really think it through. Like, dude, you're a bunch of lawyers. You should have thought it through. Uh, so I had to get into a fight with them over that. But it, well, it resolved favorably. From the Florida standpoint, you can still get dinged. It's just presumptive okay, but you can still get punished even if they. Even if it's proved. So anyway. They just don't like people making money. No. All right. So our next episode that w- is going to air next Monday at 1.30 Eastern time. That's with Kristen Tyler of Law Clerk. Kristen's going to talk to us about the art of delegation, how to efficiently grow your firm. So for anybody looking to efficiently grow their firm, Law Clerk might be some of the best people to pick their brain on. And so we will have Kristen Tyler here next Monday. All right, Jay. We are getting to the end. So the same way we end every show is the same way we'll end this. If somebody's been listening to this for the last about 50 minutes and they take nothing else away except what you're going to drop here, whether it's something you said before or not, what is the biggest piece of advice for how somebody can become the exhibit A of a successful attorney? I think at the end of the day, you need to be your, your authentic self and follow your passion. Uh, if you don't have a passion for social media marketing, if you don't particularly care about the Facebook, don't try to do it. Don't, don't try to be fake, be who you are, find the stuff that you like to do. And, and that will draw you so much more financial gain, personal pleasure. Uh, but you know, money is not the thing that should be motivating you in your practice because you can get money a lot of different ways. You have to love what you do every day in a business such as we are in. Uh, as lawyers, uh, because if you don't have that love, if you don't have that that burning de- drive, desire inside, uh, it could be a miserable existence if you're just chasing the dollars, and, and, and that's no way to go through life. You only got one of them, so that would be my advice. I love it, and find the way, or, or find the way to love what you do. And I don't mean that from the standpoint of like force yourself to think differently, but like I don't like practicing law, so I hired attorneys, and I like running a law firm, and I like marketing a law firm. And I, you know, and I hate e-filing. So I hired somebody to e-file. Like you can Absolutely. really sit there and create a system or a, or a business that your role is what you genuinely enjoy. Yeah. I mean, my, my entire practice is built around my father loves doing trial work. He's 72. He still loves going to court. I built an entire practice to let him do what he loves so I could do what I love, which is figuring out how to build up practice areas with no budget. I love being able to pop and say, I want to try this. And I'm starting with uh, $500 and figuring out how to grow it without spending any, any money uh, and, and doing it the bootstrap way. Cause I find that challenging. That's what I like to do. You're like the bear grills of lawyer marketing. They just drop <laughs> you. They just drop you in the middle of nowhere with like a knife and a, and a palm tree. And I'll find my way out. That's, that's what I wanted. But that's, I mean, that's with FirmFlex. That's what we, why we created our DIY program. It's cheap. It's under 100 bucks a month. It's just something that people can get started with that doesn't cost a lot of money, gives you the guidance that you need, but it, but it, and we'll, it will march you down the path and get you where you need to go. But you have to be the one to do the work. 
uh, because to get anything that's great in life, you're, you've got to put in the time and the effort. What is it? Firmflex.com? It's getfirmflex.com. Getfirmflex.com. All right, Breezy, can you make sure you drop that in the comments for anybody listening? Well, I guess like, they'd have to be watching to see the comments on Facebook. Cool. Getfirmflex.com. All right, thank you so much for joining us today, Jay. Awesome. Jordan, thank you so much for having me. Loved having this. This was great. Thank you for listening to this episode of Exhibit A Attorneys. If you're interested in becoming the Exhibit A of a successful attorney, please check us out at LegalEaseMarketing.com, E-A-S-E.